I'm Peter Bonner McNess, and he is Chris Lang. And welcome to another of these regular property briefings. And a warm welcome to you, Chris. Well, thanks for having me. Several times now, I have heard you mention an investment formula you have your clients adopt to help ensure their success. From memory, there are three phases. Would you mind reminding us what they are and quickly walk us through them? Well, I'm glad you you said quickly because, as you know, the formula is the subject of a whole home study course. But you know, let's start with the first phase. I mean, much of this is common sense. But first of all, you've got to shortlist your properties. And that involves both market research as well as matching up your investment objectives. And sometimes that's hard. And I originally prepared a matrix, which I made available to clients, which matched your investment objectives with the buying criteria. Now, I put that together now as an app. It's completely free. And if you like, what I'll do is uh, put a link to that if our listeners haven't already downloaded it at the bottom of this podcast so that they can have access to that. And so I said it's completely free, just download it from the App Store. Now, the second step in this first phase is what I've termed the final judgment. And that's where you take the, there's about 18 components that go into making a thorough financial analysis. And the aim is to distill them down into a single figure, which is known as the internal rate of return. And that then enables you to quickly compare your opportunities on an after-tax basis. In other words, what it takes is your rents, any expenditure, your buying costs, it assumes that you make a sale, so it takes the selling costs into account, it takes depreciation, tax, capital gains tax, all of those things, are the various 18 components, and it projects a cash flow going forward and says, based on the cash flow, what after-tax annual return do you receive on the actual equity that you invest? I mean, it takes account of your interest and so forth, all of those, everything. So you have an after-tax basis. Now, once you distill it down to a single figure, you can then, it doesn't matter whether the property is worth a million dollars or $10 million or $50 million, you are able to compare or have a basis for comparison of this single figure. And my yardstick is that it has to show a 10% after-tax return on your equity invested. And if it doesn't do that, well, you shouldn't really proceed. So your first step is shortlisting using the app to work out whether it should be on your shortlist. And then the next step is to do this more in-depth analysis, which is what I make available to my mentor group. And then the third part in this first phase is making sure that you don't pay too much. Now, with residential property, whether it's occupied or it's not occupied, it doesn't seem to make a lot of difference as to the value. But more importantly, 
it's generally accepted whatever you pay at auction is what the value is. Commercial property is a bit different. And while you and I might think we've done a great deal in negotiating a really good price, I found over the years, going back a while, that quite often, particularly coming out of things like the global financial crisis, value has had a different view, mainly because the banks were running scared they were just more very conservative. And even though we might have thought we'd done a good deal, the valuation might have come in at 90, 95% of what we paid. And that creates a problem. So what I do in this first phase is to have an arrangement with a valuer where he or she will tell me a figure up to which they're prepared to support. And so that you know going into a deal that a valuer will support that figure. And that's all. You don't need to have subject to finance. You need to be able to buy subject to a figure that a valuer will support. And the second phase? Well, in this particular phase, there are again another three steps, the first of which is negotiating the best deal. Now, unless you do this on a day-in, day-out basis, this can prove difficult for a lot of people. You know, it's something that you just need to get a grip on. and. Again, I'll put a link below this podcast to my masterclass in negotiating, which whether you want to buy property or not, it will give you a sound grounding to help you with your business life, buying a car, getting the grandkids or kids to go to bed at night. It'll give you the fundamentals of how to put a good deal together. It's easy to understand stuff, but negotiating the best deal, that's that's where you start. That's where you make your profit. You might take it at the end when you sell it, but you actually make it, you lock it in by doing a good deal. The next step in this second phase is validating the purchase. Now, again, you might have thought you've done a good deal, but you still have to reserve the right to confirm that, particularly for properties worth a million dollars or more. So my attitude is always to effectively say to the the vendor or the, the selling agent, look, we trust you completely. You know, we'll, we'll do a negotiated deal subject to the right to do a due diligence. And, you know, I try to get 28 business days. You can live with 14 business days for most properties because you've got to understand that, you know, 14 business days is... By the time you're taking the weekends, is about three weeks. And with my team of consultants, we can effectively do the initial inspection and preliminary report within 48 hours. So 14 business days is more than enough. But as I said, you just need to verify everything, both physically, financially, legally, during that period. And then in this middle phase, the third step is locking in your loan terms. Now, for most people, again, if unless you do it day in, day out, organising a loan is not something you really have a good grasp on. And one of the reasons for getting the valuer in early was, yes, you want to know what you're going to pay, but the quid pro quo for the valuer is, if you'll give us that information early, what then happens is I get my client upon exchange of contracts and once we finish the due diligence 
to actually instruct the valuer. So instead of going to the finance source and allowing them to instruct the valuer, you instruct it as the purchaser because then you control the valuation. So you get it as a soft copy initially. You then provide it to your lender. uh, And the unspoken implication is, well, don't muck us around. Give us the best deal with the best terms because up until then, up until we're happy, we or until we're happy, we won't assign the valuation across to you. The banks and lenders don't like that because they want to control the situation. But the last thing you want to do is get to the couple of weeks out to settlement and the bank suddenly says, oh, look, the credit committee's got got a bit nervous and we need a lien over your home. That's the last thing you want to have happen. But the beauty is by doing it this way, until you get a clean deal that you're satisfied with, you don't assign the valuation across to them. What takes place during the final phase? Okay, the final phase. This is after you bought the property, after you've settled on the property and it's now yours. So you need to set up your tax benefits. Now, these are not time critical, but you need to get a tax depreciation schedule done of all the the building its structure and all the components that you own as opposed to what the tenant might own. Now, you've got to understand depreciation is a very handy non-cash deduction to help you in reducing your taxable income and therefore knowing how to maximise your claims in each year is vital. And so we organise this schedule which you then give to your account. Your accountant's good for claiming the deductions but not working out what the actual deductions ought to be. So you need this tax depreciation schedule. And then you move on to how to add value. As soon as you settle, you need to start implementing plans. And in other words, my aim is to have the property in ready-to-sell condition by at least or no longer than 12 months after you've taken possession of it. And this involves having a strategy for any refurbishments or upgrading, appointing the appropriate managing agent, and just having an overall strategy rather than just putting in the filing cabinet and forgetting about it so that you, uh, not day by day, but you have a strategy which you and your managing agent will implement over the life of the ownership that you have. And this is where you start to generate that super growth and add value because it might involve, as we discussed in the last podcast, subdividing. It might involve upgrading. So it, it's, it's adding value is so important. And the ninth step, which is probably we won't cover now in this final phase, is when you actually sell. And it's understanding how to undertake what I call stealth marketing and offer your property in a manner that it compels, virtually compels the purchasers to put forward their best price as far as what they want to pay for your property. Is the order in which you carry out these steps important? Well, that's a very important question because it's vital that you follow the steps sequentially. As I said, none of what I'm telling you is rocket science. It's common sense, but I've often found over the years that what may be common sense is certainly not common practice. 
and you need to follow these steps, as I said, sequentially. If you miss one, you're in trouble. You're just not going to get the best value you can out of the purchase of your investment property. So, yes, it is vital that you follow them in the order that I've given you. Many thanks for that, because it certainly starts to put everything into perspective. Well, all I've really done is dissect the whole acquisition process and then simply rearrange things to suit my client's best interests. As well as getting a good return, the main aim is for them to be able to sleep at night and try to avoid any unwanted surprises. And as I mentioned earlier, there will be several links below this podcast if anyone would like to pursue this a little further. That's great. And thanks again for explaining everything to us. It's always a pleasure.